Welcome to the Israel Conversation by Massah Leadership and Impact Center, the content engine behind Massah Israel Journey. We bring contemporary, challenging, and compelling Israel issues to light in ways that help us stay connected with what's really going on on the ground. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here, as always, with co-host... Liel Zahaviasa. How you doing, Liel? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Okay. Uh, the holidays are over, getting ready to get back into the routine, as we say. And uh, today's topic is really the 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 problem, the growing problem of Arab crime in Arab areas, and the seeming inability or the problematic nature of Israeli police uh, dealing with that problem. We have a guest here to discuss this issue with us. Liel, would you please introduce our guest? Absolutely. So our guest, um, his name is Emmanuel, also known as Manny Fabian. Uh, He is a breaking news editor with the Times of Israel and a student of communications and Middle Eastern studies at Beersheba Ben-Gurion University. Welcome, Manny. Hi, thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Where do you live exactly, Manny? Uh, I live in Beersheba in southern Israel. That makes sense. So you have to do your work a little bit remotely. Uh, Yeah, I've been working remote um, mostly because traveling is a bit difficult, especially with COVID, but it's fine. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, it's the right age for it. Well, now, Manny, we asked you here because this is a ongoing topic that we see. We read headlines, we read articles all the time about, you know, crime, murder in Arab, Arab, Arab crime, crimes of, and the Israeli police not doing enough to address it, to put a stop to it. And now it's reached levels where the government itself is looking into this and what can be done about it. Can you give us sort of an overview of where we are, how we got here, why this is such a problem, why this keeps coming up in the news? Sure. So, um, at least in the last uh, decade or so, um, the rates of, of murder, especially related to with with gun uh, related murders, uh, has been has been rising in in Israel's Arab community. And it's not just um, you know incidents of domestic violence or random fights that break out. It's a uh, a lot of it is related to to crime related families or criminals that are uh, disputing amongst each other. And the amount of firearms within the is within the Arab community in Israel is at such a level where um, the police have have almost uh, neglected it and not managed to to get to get control of of this um, this amount of, uh, of 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 firearms kind of circulating in the, in the community that there's so many crimes every single day. So this year so far, um, ninety six. Um, people have been killed in 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 these related crimes, and uh, it's been basically steadily re- uh, rising over the last uh, decade or so. And so you're saying the police are intimidated to go into these Arab towns and cities to address these problems, like physically I afraid. I don't know if they're if they're physically afraid, but there's some sort of um, neglect that's been taking place uh, over the years, and. You know, in the early two thousands, um, the police went and and dealt with uh, the Jewish uh, crime families and managed to, you know, dismantle those and and collect all their weapons and things. I don't think it's something that the police can't do. Um, it's a matter of resources. It's a ma- matter of um, of you know pushing them to go and do this uh, because right now a, lo- a lot of it is just kind of left to be, you know, just ba- basically neglected in a way. Um, so that, um, what happens is, um, there was a recent study that found that, um, out of 
all the murders last year, um, in the Jewish community, around 70% were solved. And in the Arab community, only about 20% were solved. Hmm. So what happens uh, from that, it's sort of a driving factor um, where in, in that community, criminals see that certain crimes in their community are not solved. And that's sort of a, a driving factor to go and do more crime because they think that, well, the police isn't going to come and deal with this, then we could get away with it. Whereas in the Jewish community, crimes are solved relatively quickly and a lot of the crimes are solved. Um, that kind of deters criminals from, from conducting crime. So there's a couple factors here where it's uh, both the police, you know, not getting involved enough and then that kind of pushes more crime forward. And do we know, you were mentioning weapons before, do we know, do we know um, where they're getting all these, all these weapons? Like how the rate is so high in terms of yeah, their there, access? There is, there is quite a lot. So, so for, um, for context sake, there's about um, 2 million um, Arab Israelis. Um, mm-hmm. About 20% like of Israeli citizens yeah, are it's, it's about 20% of, of Israel's uh, population. And uh, according to a Knesset report from last year, I think, uh, about 400,000 illegal weapons are circulating in the community. Whoa. So that's, it's a ridiculous number. I mean, it, I don't want to say like every second house has a gun in it, but but from you know, based on those numbers, you can kind of grasp how many there there are. Now, a, a lot of them are, you know, smuggled from all sorts of places. Um, a lot of it is actually from the army. There's, there was a lot of cases of uh, break-ins in army bases and guns being stolen and then being sold off to uh, all sorts of other criminals. Uh, and that is an issue that the army has been dealing with in, in the south, uh, in, the, in southern Israel. There's all sorts of remote bases and, and they're not very well protected and they break into them and steal a bunch of guns. Uh, and that has happened a lot of times over the past few years. That is bonkers. I mean, as a soldier, if, if, yeah. if a soldier misplaces his gun, and isn't found responsible for his gun, that's yeah. that's like a serious crime in the army. But you're for telling sure. me that the quartermasters who have to watch the stores get raided and the army's sort of having trouble... Yeah, the, with that? Defi- definitely in the south, the army has a lot of trouble with uh, with protecting uh, military bases. It's I don't know. It's something that they really haven't solved yet. So there's a, a lot of a lot of guns circulating, a lot of you know automatic firearms as well, like rifles. Um, and then when you have access to all of this, there's such such an ease of access to these firearms um, that gun gun crime rates go up and and keep going up. So that's uh, that's another huge issue. Well, I guess I want to ask sort of a, an upsetting question about the police. Are, are they not addressing, if, if it's not physical intimidation, are they not addressing it enough? Because like, I assume most of most Israeli police are Jewish. Yeah. And so they're um, just like not looking into the Arab neighborhoods for crime because they don't care as much. It doesn't I, interest I, them as I, much. I don't, I'm not sure if it's a, if they don't care. I think it's um more of a convenience thing. Um, and it's, a, it's a, I think it's a general problem with the police anyway where they, um, you know, take the traffic police, for instance, they won't monitor roads that are more dangerous or out of the way because it's just not convenient for them resource-wise mm-hmm. to send people there and, and everything. So they'll they'll only investigate crimes where it's convenient and where they feel more comfortable dealing with it. Um, and there are Arab policemen. There's... there's um, there's Arab police stations in, in Arab cities as well. 
um, in, in do we Raha. know is there do we know the proportion of Israeli police that are Arab? Uh, no, I don't have direct uh, any exact number on that. Mm-hmm. But but f- but for instance, in in um, in Nazareth, in northern Israel, and in Rahat and in Umm al-Fahim, um, these are big Arab cities with actually quite a significant police force in them. But they are still among the highest for for gun related crimes. So it it doesn't matter how many police you really put there. Mm. Uh, it doesn't seem to be actually affecting anything, um, even adding more police stations. Is there a fear that um, if it's this is not dealt with uh, in any constructive way, it's going to spread? I mean, like we're talking specifically about, you know, Nazareth and whatever, the, the yeah. cities themselves that are having these crimes. But is there is there a fear that it'll spread to the Jewish cities as well at some point? Uh, definitely. I think we can take um, May as an example. Um, during the war with Gaza, um, mm-hmm. violence started spreading in the mixed Jewish Arab communities, such as, uh, you know, uh, Ramla and, um, in Jerusalem, obviously. Um, but the, you know, in, in Ramla, we did see a couple of incidents, incidents of, uh, of gun crimes, um, of, of, you know, Arabs, um, opening fire on, uh, on businesses or, or, or stores or homes or at people, um, Definitely a couple of recorded in- incidences there, and in uh, Umm al-Fahim as well, where where it's um, you know it's a predominantly Arab or Arab uh, city, um, but the violence uh, there during May wasn't just um, uh, wasn't the internal crime as we'd seen just now, but it was a lot of it was aimed at police forces. Um, so I can recall at least four or five um, police officers that were wounded during May shot during during May in Omar Fahim, for example. And recently they've been arresting them and, and getting to the bottom of them. But it's taken months to get to get to these people. Um so I so I think definitely um it does spread when under certain circumstances. It would have to be under extreme circumstances. To be cynical, I would think if I were an organized crime leader, I would be telling, you know, an Arab organized crime leader, I would be telling my minions for Sorry for using like a movie term, but I would be telling them, be careful not to spill over into the Jewish areas or the police will. Yeah, then the, crack- then the police will, quote unquote, get enga- uh, actually get care about it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Look, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Th- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree with that. That um, I think most of it is, tr- is, is kept internally, but yeah, under certain circumstances, it does spill over. And, um, but that's not the only reason why people should care. People should care anyway, because it's, Crime is crime, and, and and it's you know it's bad. In other yeah. words, it doesn't really matter what your ethnicity is. It's not a good thing that Israel has a very high crime rate in many of its cities. For sure, that's yeah. that's bad. That's just objectively bad. Whether it you're is, Jewish is or Arab, objective. yeah, it makes sure. no difference. Is there any kind of Israeli organization that's trying that's you know taking this on as one of their causes and trying to push the government to do to do more? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of organizations, Arab organizations, or represent. Um, Arab community, uh, and they they kind of um, track all of these crimes and submit reports to the Knesset and and you know attend uh, committee meetings on the on the matter, um, and uh, I'm not sure how much uh, impact it's it's been doing until now, but um, recently at least um, this new government that Israel has they've been uh, kind of wanting to deal with it a bit more. They've, They've put it up there uh, among their priorities and on 
Sunday, there's going to be a new kind of uh, team of ministers meeting on the subject. And mm-hmm. the Prime Minister Naftali Bennett is going to be heading it. And um, um, one of the deputy ministers who used to be a, a high-ranking police official, he's going to be uh, the one there organizing everything in that in this kind of uh, team. Um, and hopefully there they'll come up with some sort of creative way to... Uh, to uh, kind of fund the police a bit more or give them the resources to deal with it or give them the motivation to deal with it. Um, and maybe then they'll kind of start cracking down on, on the issue. Well, look, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, just from a personal perspective, as somebody who spent some time in the NYPD, I've noticed over a long time that Israeli policing is remarkably unprofessional. It always seems to me that Israeli society cares very much about its military. And even the army can sometimes be not... A, super professional, although they're very effective. The police just to me seem like like a, 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 the policing of a hundred years ago. Like they're, they're just yeah. lacking. Even even something simple like you're saying, like not wanting to get, not wanting in the dangerous areas, traffic police avoid them because they're annoying to work in. That's exactly where you mm-hmm. need traffic police. In other words, there isn't, I don't think a spirit of professionalism towards the job. In Definitely, a way that yeah. needs to be inspired from the top down, and and you know, Israeli policing has had all sorts of scandals. Uh, yeah, there are leadership a few, going to jail. Like, yeah, yeah. there are a few institutions in Israel, including the police, and uh, I want to mention also the uh, the prison service as well. Like we mm-hmm. saw with the the prison break mm-hmm. the other week. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's definitely or the riots in prisons. Yeah, recently. there's definitely um, certain institutions in Israel that uh, have a lot of corruption in them. Mm-hmm. lack of motivation or the wrong sort of funding, funding going to the wrong places, all, all sorts of things like that. And it eventually trickles down onto the, onto the, uh, you know, the junior officer that has to now deal with it. And, and then, uh, and then that's what happens. So. And they get frustrated and they take shortcuts and then. Yeah. Listen, I'll tell you, it's my experience. And maybe this is, I hope this isn't cynical of me, that upper middle-class Jewish people tend not to prioritize these problems because they think they're somebody else's problems. But when it's but in your society, this is your problem. And one way or another, either it will affect you or it won't affect you, but you now live in a society with bad policing, bad prison. That's not what the state of Israel is supposed to be. No, definitely. Um you know, um I, I speak to people in uh in who live in mixed Jewish Arab cities like in like in Ramla or in Lod and um they often message me and they're like, I hear shooting, like what's going on. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and I'm talking to like to Jewish people. I mean, there. Um, so it definitely does affect them. Even if, you know, they're not like the target of some sort of, uh, of some sort of attack. Um, it should definitely um, be a priority for people. There's been a couple of uh, cases of people being shot accidentally um, when they weren't involved, uh, there's a, uh, small Bedouin town near me called, uh, Tel Sheva. And a couple weeks ago, there was some sort of firefight going on between two, uh, rivaling families over mm-hmm. who knows what. And they started, you know, having a bit of a brawl and they started shooting at each other. And then somebody got out of their house because they heard the shooting and then they were hit by a bullet and were killed. And they were completely not involved in any of it. Wow. So that could happen to anybody if this sort of thing keeps escalating and, and more crime and until the until the police start cracking down and deterring criminal families or or 
sort of arresting them or collecting the weapons. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, until then it, it will just, it'll, it'll get worse. Look, I, I don't think, I mean, we're talking about the Israeli version of the problem, but this is a problem happening around the world. Modern policing is very, very complicated. Yeah. Modern, modern policing in minority neighborhoods is deeply complicated. You look at, mm-hmm. you know, in Europe yeah. or, or in the States, in Chicago, you know, you, you have these areas where it's a very complicated situation. So, you know, while I do think Israeli policing has its own particular brand of the problem, it, it is sort of a 21st century yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not unique here, and um, and, and there's a lot of counterclaims, and say, people say that you know the Arab community, um, you know, mistrusts the government, and for, you know it, it, that is true to some extent. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and and there's a lot of claims that they don't want police there, or the, or they don't um, coordinate with the police, they won't report things, but but that isn't really true because, um. We've seen, you know, in mm-hmm. certain cities, large police stations being established and the police still not addressing the issue. Even, you know, a- Arab Israelis um, you're joining the force as well, and, and still it's not dealt with. Um, well, uh, you, when, when, whenever, whenever anybody says they don't really care, so they is just such yeah. a sweeping word. I'm yeah, sure there yeah, are probably definitely. people who don't want Israeli police, but on the other hand, you have Arabs protesting that police aren't paying enough definitely, attention. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, right. I would definitely say that... that that the majority and and definitely the representatives in the government, mm-hmm. um, and not just in the government, but just representatives in the Knesset, even previously with the the joint list, um, a lot of a lot of their advocating work uh, was to deal with the, with the crime, even years ago, and it was mm-hmm. just kind of ignored because you know they're an opposition party and and the government doesn't really care what opposition parties say. Um, but now with the with the um, Ram party. Ra'am. Yeah, with uh, led by Mansour Abbas, so uh, he's definitely spearheading this issue uh, and trying to get more funding uh, for the Arab community to you know raise the socioeconomic level there and try and get people away from crime. And as well as, um, I'm not sure if he'll be involved with this new team of ministers because it's only ministers, but um, we'll have to see if maybe he'll have some sort of input on uh, on how this can be dealt with. And do you have any idea? I mean, they haven't met yet, so I, I don't think this yeah, is such a fair question. Yeah, they'll be meeting on some, yeah, next week. But do you have any idea what proposals they'll be looking into? I, I mean, I guess, again, you, I should probably ask you this yeah. next week, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't actually know yet. Um, yeah. A lot of things A lot of things have been suggested by all sorts of politicians and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and officials, and most of it um, kind of um, can be put down to a couple things, where it's... Uh, collect the illegal firearms that are circulating uh, and mm-hmm. and crack down on the and crack down on the big uh, criminals that are kind of leading a lot of this there's definitely um a couple families that are involved in in uh, in quite a, f- a few of these incidences um and they go back and forth so i can give an example there was some sort of fight in central city of ramla last year and then a person was killed there and then the police came and then they were escorting the people the people who were suspected of perpetrating the attack to to uh, some sort of other place to be taken away from there and then while the police were escorting them on the highway um 
on Highway 6, which is like a, a major highway in Israel, um, another group from the other family then opened fire on this sort of um, convoy. On the police convoy. Yeah, yeah. And ended up killing another or oh, two people from the rival family again. And then a couple months later, some other people related to that family were shot dead in, in, in their car in northern Israel. And it's just kind of, if they don't um, crack down on, and this is related just to two families, and that's like 10 mm-hmm. people already killed in a couple of months. So, and, 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 and innocent people from the family as well. It's not like they were crime bosses or anything. Right. Um, so yeah, the police needs to, needs to collect the illegal firearms and, and crack down on the, on the family, on the family or the, the leaders who are definitely involved in, uh, in pushing this forward. Do you get the sense that on a daily basis, people who are living in the Arab cities uh, who are not involved, obviously in these, in these criminal families are concerned like are they definitely are they concerned to to the extent that they're afraid to leave their homes things yeah, like that like with the case uh, where someone who did leave their home and and got struck by a bullet then definitely people are are, are afraid and uh, mm-hmm. very so very, it's like very one concerned. of the most yeah one of the biggest bigger issues it's very concerning for 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 israeli arabs yeah um especially with the with the gun violence because that is um, most of the the killings were related to gun violence. Um, you know, if you look at uh, uh, um, some people, some people, <laughs> I say that, but but a, a lot of the criticism against all of this, is some uh, some people say that um, you know, it's like domestic violence and whatnot. But mm. there's just as as much domestic violence in the Jewish, Jewish community yeah. as well. Yeah, there's it's no, a big there's problem really here no actually. Yeah, in the Jewish and community. and also random fights as well. That that happens everywhere and in every community. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I don't have the exact number, but I, I, I would, at least from what I remember, most of the, the killings in the Arab community this year were, were gun, were gun violence. So if you collect the illegal firearms and it's not something mm-hmm. that, that the country can't do, they, they can, they can do it. It's not particularly difficult. Um, it's just, you know, getting, getting to it. Yeah. Again, look, yeah. Israel from, from a, from an immigrant's perspective, from an English-speaking country, yeah. Israel as a society is much less formal and, and and relies less on professionalism and more on just social, socially lubricated, easygoingness, yeah. which is just not a good way to police. I mean, you no. need to have good relationships to the community. But I, look, I, I'll, I think over the last 20, 30 years, I've seen in the Israeli business world, as business has become so much more global, in Israeli business and Israeli commerce, people... Israelis have had to learn to be more professional. Yeah, they've, they've adapted to it. Yeah, they've adapted to it, but it doesn't. You don't see it in other aspects of Israel. Out of commerce, you know, even banking. You know, somebody's like the way you'll be uh, dealt with is very informally. And on the one hand, that's sort of nice. Like we're all family; we can be very informal. When it comes to policing, if there isn't a top-down sort of professionalism of what it means to serve a community then it's exactly what you were talking about earlier where the cop at the lowest level yeah. is not getting help from above. And so he's just sort of getting through his day and doesn't see his job as to protect and serve, but just it's just punching a clock. Yeah. And so the, if that's the atmosphere of policing, it's not good. Community policing is a, is, you know, is, a, is a concept that's made real inroads and has made real changes over the last 40, 50 years. And Israel's desperately in need of it and by the way not just in the arab oh yeah in in general you see it yeah in general 
And yeah, so it's it's true. Like uh, we mentioned earlier, that there's a general problem with the police, and then, uh, and they don't. You know, I, I hate to say, it, but they don't care about a lot of things. It's not just the mm-hmm. Arab community. Mm-hmm. But when and then when you look at the Arab community, there's all sorts of other issues that kind of push this uh, level of crime forward. And then you add the police not really dealing with it to the, to the mix, then it just makes it all the more worse than than it really is. Can I ask you a personal question, Manny? How did sure, you get yeah. into journalism? Oh, I got involved, I think, uh, in 2014 during the war in Gaza uh, when mm-hmm. I was much, much younger. Um, I can even figure uh, out how much younger. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty young. But, but, um, I, I back then, uh, I was very invested in what was going on. Started looking into more direct sources, speaking to people, uh, and that's basically how I got into it. Mm-hmm. And since then, uh, yeah, just naturally sort of evolved into it. Yeah, I had this kind of urge to to find the source for everything, and and not just uh, not just read a headline, but uh, you know speak to people, get information uh, directly. And then uh, I sort of took that and started, um, you know, putting it into something um, readable and, and, and sending it to friends and family mm-hmm. and let them know what was going on uh, immediately as things were happening. And then um, slowly, slowly, I got started getting in contact with, um, you know, all sorts of first responders from the army, from the um, the uh, you know medical officials and and uh, police officials even and firefighters and then uh, when they're responding to an incident then then I kind of get this information immediately and then start mm. figuring out what's going on and that's how basically how I got into journalism. Wow, that's amazing! I don't know another journalist <laughs> who has quite that natural an evolution from. I, I, I guess, mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I only started um, doing my degree two years ago. I'm on my last year now in uh, communications, which is basically journalism studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm almost done with that. Um, but I but I started the whole journalism thing beforehand, uh, not not after. And do you think other journalists have your sense of this desire to inform with accuracy? Like, what what world would you say? I, I got you know. We were talking a little bit before we started recording. I, I find a lot of the students that I that I talk to have this sort of negative view of journalism and its role in society. They have this sort of cynical, and you know, news outlets get things wrong and make mistakes. Definitely, and, and yeah. Ha- but I, how do I explain to them that it's an indispensable part of every democracy of having these, having people like you telling us what's really going on? Yeah. How do I explain um, that? <laughs> I can understand the cynicism towards uh, towards journalists because there are definitely outlets out there um, and plenty of them which have uh, you know have a bias have the, have some sort of agenda the way they word things and maybe they'll skip on something or maybe they'll just make a mistake mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's important to come come with that in mind but at the same time um, you're not going to find uh, anywhere else you know all the information presented hopefully in the correct way without errors. Uh, and that's what journalists are really there for is to try and kind of compile all that information from all, all the different sources and, and whoever's speaking or wh- whatever happened and to put that in a way where, where people can actually understand it. Uh, and that's what I try to do at least is, um, you know, uh, something happens, you know, let's say there's a, for instance, there's a shooting somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
then I'll I'll get the information what the police are saying. I'll get the information uh, from what uh, medical services are saying. I'll get information from the hospital as well because sometimes it doesn't always match up. So I need to present what each one said and then try and figure out who who the victim is as well. Um, so sometimes the police will will let us know who the victim is. Sometimes I'll speak to you know the local council, the or the municipality to try and figure that out. Um, and then get a picture of them, obviously, for, for, for an article so people can see who it is, who, who may have been killed, um, and see maybe there's other further information. Maybe they were someone completely innocent, or maybe they were related to some sort of uh, criminal faction, or they had been in jail recently. Um, a couple of weeks ago, there was someone who, uh, who was released from jail, and, and then a week later, he was shot dead. And he was... Mm. Um, in jail for for some murder like 30 years ago or something so those are important details that people should know uh it's not not every time it's some innocent person sometimes it is really some you know a criminal who's murdered people but but um and that's information that that people who uh that people should really know about as well. well, as a citizen, and I vote, I should, I should, I should understand yeah. the issues. Uh, but what you what you're describing in your beat is sort of a kind of detective work, not not for crime solving, but to inform the citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's sort of you know, I have to, I have to figure out what what's really going on because um, sometimes it's not very clear. Like, uh, like with the case where someone who walked out the house and was killed uh, mm-hmm. at first, um, it was very unclear. Like, um. You know, medics arrived at the scene and they didn't understand why, why she was killed and, and where it was from. And then I spoke to the police and then the police said that there was a firefight nearby. And then based on that, I kind of figured out that she was uh, struck accidentally. And then the police confirmed that later as well. So, mm-hmm. well, I, I think that some, you yeah, go ahead, Leah. You said you, you got sort of interested in journalism after 2014 and, and the whole uh, the whole war that we had. Yeah. I'm wondering now that you report on sort of well, specifically right now you're reporting on um, crimes in Arab communities. Um, if there's anything that you can pinpoint specifically that you've like significantly learned, like something new that's sort of come to light for you in this investigative yeah. work that you do, yeah. So, so I can definitely say that um, that I've learned at least that that a lot of it is is um, is gun crimes and. And um, and a lot of it is related to criminal activity by having these illegal guns. I think that's the most important note to take from from all of this. Uh, and and it's not some sort of um, you know domestic uh, you know d- domestic violence problem or mm-hmm. random fights uh, kind of problem. It, it, it's it's very uh, it's it's basically. Uh, I've learned that it comes down to to the illegal guns and and criminals uh, acting the way they want to act because the police rarely solves those crimes and then they kind of will do whatever they like because uh, they know that the police won't come to them. Uh, that's definitely something that I've learned from it um, because beforehand uh, it wasn't really touched upon a lot on Israeli media. It was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, there's a crime, it happens, but but now I think people are coming to realize. That the issue is not some sort of oh it's it's only a problem in the Arab community but um, but it's not it's not because of the Arab community that this is an issue but rather it's it's a sort of a, an issue within the Arab community I think it's mm-hmm. better to look at it like that uh, rather than yeah. uh, than the other way around because 
um, there used to be a lot of this kind of crime in the Jewish community as well. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in the early 2000s, there was a lot of this uh, Russian mafia uh, mm -hmm. sort of thing. And the police managed By to By the way, that before apart. the Russian mafia came in, there were other mafias in Israel. There was, was definitely yeah. other mafias, yeah. There's always yeah, organized there crime here. Yeah, my kid's yeah, the, neighborhood, half the neighborhood was built by organized crime in <laughs> Givat Shmuel. There's this whole section. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, an old the, gangster neighborhood. So, so in the Arab community, some of it is organized crime. Some of it isn't organized crime. Um, the organized crime gets away with things because they know that the police won't deal with it. And the non-organized crime, they also get away with it because they know police won't deal with it. And both have just have uh, access to firearms, which makes it a whole lot easier to commit crime. Uh, and I think that's really the core issue, uh, rather than uh, rather than you know adding more police or getting them to cooperate more or, or anything like that. I don't think that's really too relevant to deal with this. Well, we definitely appreciate that you expanded from friends and family and informing them of what's going on. Oh yeah. To no, really. I mean, to to yeah. to. And and sometimes I fear I fear that some of my students who are cynical about journalism they're holding it to like this standard of perfection like things in in the news uh, are wrong well of course they're wrong it's it's it's, it's yeah. a person's best insight for today of what is yeah. going on and but that professionalism of really trying to get to what's accurate uh as much as much as they can and you and you know you can hear just listening to you your 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 quest for the accurate truth is is the professional keystone of what you do and so you're you're really, I think, indispensable for citizens who who want to Thank understand you. what's going on. It, it is difficult. Um, yeah. Uh, one of uh, one of my superiors at work told me once that um, our writing doesn't have to be perfect; it has to be very good. Uh, because if you mm. want to write something perfect, then mm -hmm. then it, it'll take you six months to write something perfect, right? That's what happens when you write a book; it takes forever to get right. it right which is also a form of journalism that's also important that kind yeah. of long long-term journalism yeah it, but, but that's very different um when, mm -hmm. what i do is breaking news things so i need to get the i need to get the information out in a in a format that people can actually understand and read and it has to be as as accurate as possible as uh, to the information that i know right now and and often i mean i won't say i get things wrong but often there's uh, clarifications that come out afterwards from various sure. officials and then uh, afterwards I'll, I'll add them so in a lot of my uh, a lot a lot of these stories related to gun crime I only get the identification of the victim uh, much much later you know an hour or two hours later once the family is notified and etc uh, so then I'll go in and add a line that says uh, later the victim was identified as and then give the information on that um, so when we're reading you on the breaking news beat, we should we should see everything as ongoing as part. Of, in other words, we should see your reporting as ongoing. Yeah, if you if you click on an on a on an article of a shooting that just happened, it's unlikely mm -hmm. you'll see the victim's name. Sometimes the age won't be completely clear uh, because sometimes you know uh, medical services will say they were forty two and the police will say they were forty four or something. So mm -hmm. you usually just write something like in their forties, uh, mm -hmm. to try and keep it, keep it accurate because I don't want to say they were 42 if they were actually 44, because it's mm -hmm. not something I, I know yet. Um, and then later, um, once more information is clear, uh, then we'll, then we'll adjust it and update it to, to let people know. You updated our, see, cause I'm, I'm old enough that I remember when news came in papers, 
at different right, times yeah, of day. You can't update that. And you'd yeah. get the new version with the newly written article. Exactly, but you're saying yeah. in the internet age, Times of Israel is a totally internet yeah, website we, we can, based paper. Yeah, we can update our articles and uh, you can even see when it was updated. There's a little marker at the top, you know, it was published at eight o'clock and updated at nine o'clock. You can see those sort of mm. things. Um mm. to to kind of clarify. And uh it happens often where you know, where things just aren't clear in the beginning and it wasn't, sometimes the motive isn't clear. You know, you don't, you, you, people don't know if it was murder or some sort of accidental misfire or, or something like that. And, but uh, your so, job is to give us that unclear story as it is now. Yeah. So sometimes later, I do, yeah, sometimes do just need to give the unclear story, but, but clarify and say, this is what the police said currently. And that's what is known. And then, and then add a line later, which says, you know, whatever, whatever happened. And then later the police said X, Y, Z to, to kind of let people know what's, uh, what the next thing is. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, I'll, I'll do, um, I often have to deal with uh, what happens later. So if a suspect was arrested, then there'll be a separate article, you know, on the arrest and a separate article when they're going to be charged. Um, and we know when they when suspects are charged, then the indictment usually includes a lot of information on how the crime took place because it's already after the investigation has has been completed. Uh, and then there you can see or you can read, um, you know, exactly what went down, how the crime took place, and these are details that we just don't have because the investigation hasn't hasn't happened yet initially. Uh, but months later, you can you can read all the details of, you know, what time they 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 left the house to go commit said crime. We're running really low on time, so and I really want to ask you more of these sorts. Of, but but, do you think there's a, what's the advantage of going to a written news site as opposed to watching? Because now you can have they're starting to have really in English, you know, news anchors reporting Israeli news like I twenty four and things like there that. There is yeah, there's 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 an advantage to both. Uh, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the TV, you know, um, you can have instant information and they'll tell you exactly what's going on. Uh, sometimes, you know, before I've uh, managed to get an, an article up with the information. Um, but, 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 but sometimes, you know, it's very late and then they're not online. They're not on air uh, mm-hmm. to give you that information. Or if there's an update, they're not going to come back every three minutes with a new update for you. So mm-hmm. if you wait 10 minutes, then you'll get the article with all the information put together. Uh, so there's the, there's the advantage to that. Um, but uh, if you well, have somebody be, who's, yeah, I, yeah. I look I, again, I, I have my bias, which is I like, I, pref, I, I like to see what's going on and have yeah. a sense of the visuals, but I really wait to understand the story till somebody breaks it down into paragraph form yeah, and explains exactly, it to me. Yeah. That, that, and I just, I sort of, I have this feeling of like, oh, now I see it. But I don't get it until I can read it. Yeah, there's there's definitely advantage to both. One basically gives you the information as unclear as as it is straight away, and the other one will be a little bit later, but but kind of uh, put it together to be more understandable. That's mm-hmm. that's the advantage there. Worth waiting. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, I think you know, so. so. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, uh, I I do have to wait because there's um, there's a problem in journalism where where journalists sometimes kill people. I don't know if you've heard of that term. No. Um, where they'll, um, some outlets uh, have fallen for this problem where 
someone is reported as dead and they'll report it as such, but it wasn't really confirmed yet. And then they mm. weren't dead. So it, it can happen. So that's why it's, uh, and the TV does this a lot because mm-hmm. the TV gets this unclear information straight away and then they go ahead and report on it. So, um, sometimes I'll, I'll get information and, but I'll wait and I won't, you know, title the article as dead yet, just in case, you know, they weren't dead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if sometimes it's very unclear. Um, so I need to sometimes wait on that 10 more minutes and then confirm with the hospital, are they dead or, or did they arrive in critical condition or something like that? Well, again, as, as citizens who want to be informed and understand what's going on in our homeland and yeah. what really is going on so that we can build a better Israel, we appreciate uh, you, what you do, and you guys, Thank what you, you do. And so, mm-hmm. and Especially certain- since, yes, I was going to say, especially in, on this topic, I think that, like we were saying earlier, it's something that doesn't uh, isn't always in the news often, and I think it's an important mm-hmm. important thing to talk about, especially right now, given that not much is being done about it. Yeah, definitely. I think people should should care about it and uh, and uh, acknowledge it as an issue and and, uh, and and read more about it to try and understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Well, thanks again, and thanks for the time this morning. We really appreciate it. No it's, problem. Well, morning our time. I don't know when people are listening, but yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Manny. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Liel. Thank you. And we don't have to turn off the Zoom, but it's the end of the episode, so I'm stopping the recording. Bye-bye. Masa Israel Journey is dedicated to shaping a promising future for the young Jewish individual, the global Jewish community, and the connection to the State of Israel. Masa offers life-transforming, long-term opportunities in Israel that allows fellows to create their own future. Check out MasaIsrael.org for more info.